2: From the American Museum of Natural History in New York City and beaming out across all of space and time. This is Star Talk, where science and pop culture collide. This is Star Talk. I'm your host, Neil deGrasse Tyson, your personal astrophysicist. And on this edition of Star Talk, it's Office Hours, which is another version of Cosmic Queries. We're just calling it Office Hours because you can come in with any question at all on any subject. And I got my man. Chuck, nice here, Chuck. Hey, Neil, hey, what's happening?
1: Of course, brother. Okay. How All are right. you, man?
2: Thanks for doing this. Oh, hey, it's always my pleasure. Uh, I haven't seen the questions yet. I, no, I you never, never do. do. One I day do you'll see. show me the questions.
1: No, I will not.
2: I'll mug you in the street. Yeah. Get <laughs> the <questions. laughs> so what do you have? That'd be pretty funny, actually.
1: <laughs> I think I just saw Neil deGrasse Tyson beat the hell out of a guy <laughs> and run off with some papers. <laughs> I wonder what was that? <laughs> what was that about? Um... Yes, of course, you know, we get, um, we take questions from all over the internet, Mm -hmm. wherever you can find us. And so uh, we always start with a Patreon patron question. All right, let's do it. And this is uh, Ari Modi, or Ari Ari Maudi, uh, from Patreon. Mm -hmm. Ari says, hey, I'm from Los Angeles. Some astrophysicists say there will eventually be universe death when the last atoms are ripped apart by the expansion and we enter the big freeze. But we are also told a universe can come from nothing and taking any volume of empty space and waiting a gazillion years, matter can and does arise from that void. Aren't these contradictions? Why wouldn't something from nothing happen after heat death? If that is a fundamental part, of how the universe works. So, Ma- Ari Maudi... He totally he into that question. Got he got everything, all in. man. They're all up in. All up in it. In the question. He was like, I'm going <laughs> shopping for <laughs> astrophysics and I'm going to put everything in the cart.
2: Uh, <laughs> everything in. So, uh, right now, the temperature of the universe, if mm-hmm. you put a thermometer out there... Right. And it sort of could receive the sort of the energy of the void. Okay. Okay, basically the cosmic microwave background. Right. That... That energy gives you about three degrees. But we used to be much hotter when the universe was smaller. Right. Okay? Right. We've been expanding and cooling. Not fundamentally different in principle. The mechanisms are the same, but when you have you ever let air out of a bicycle tire? Does anyone still ride a bicycle? Of course, yes.
1: Okay. I do it all the time, and it's not even my bike. (laughs) I just walk around Manhattan. I see a bicycle tire, and I'm just like, you know what? Expanding air is cool cooler than the air
2: that it was before it expanded. Okay. So the air fall, you know, going past your thumb feels cool. It's right. not just because it's moving, it's actually dropping in temperature by expanding. And so you, the universe expands and cools. It's a thermodynamic fact. Okay. And by the way, we can look to faraway galaxies right. whose light came to us from a time in our past, right, and there are measurements you can make and show that that galaxy was feeling a warmer temperature in its time than the temperature that we measure today. That's pretty wild. It
1: is completely wild. Because you're not talking about a, a, a very um, a, a big source. Like that light source... It's, it's a light source, yeah, it's but it's, it's ubiquitous.
2: But it's ubiquitous. So gotcha. everybody feels it. Right. And there's certain uh So now how exactly There's certain atoms where okay. the electron will move in a certain way depending on ah, what bath it's in. There you go. The bath of light. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, yeah. And that so makes th- sense. They're a little more
0: excited right. farther away than go. they are here. That
2: makes perfect sense. So we're not just making this up. Okay? Right. Okay. All right. So You know I had listen, I just I had to make sure.
1: <laughs> you know what I mean?
2: <laughs> so uh, and the as we get twice as big, the drop the temperature in half. Three right. times bigger it drops it to a third. So, so there is going. a
1: directly a direct uh, inverse proportional relationship correct. to that inverse drop. proportion. Very good. Oh, yeah, you, you like very that? Good. Did I like that. Very that was good. Good. I saw what I you don't did know there. Where with that?
2: Uh, <laughs> not just proportional, inverse <laughs> proportional. Yeah, exactly. So so if as this continues, the temperature of the universe drops. All stars will ultimately burn out as they shut off one by one. Wow! In the night sky. Look at that. As they shut off in the night sky, um, you can ask, well, are we making new stars? Well, we are with the gas clouds that are still out there. Right. But then they make a star, and then that star dies. So the gas gets sort of trapped up in stars that die. Mm -hmm. All right. So then there's no more gas to make stars. Then the atoms themselves decay. And ultimately, in about 10 to the 30 years or so, which is a huge number, right huge number the protons decay the very structure of matter itself loses all integrity wow and so the universe ultimately dies not with a bang but with a whimper right and not in fire but in ice it peters out that's wow After I said those poetic words, you say it peters out. (laughs) Is that the best you got for me? That was the joke. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) That
1: was the whole joke. Um, So, (laughs) this
2: this idea that you can get something from nothing. I just want to spend a minute on that if if I can. Okay. So, um, if you start with nothing and then create something that has both positive and negative energy in it, Mm -hmm. all that matters is that the sum, you add them together and you get zero. Zero. That's it. Okay. So… You can start with nothing yet have something, if the total energy goes to zero. Right. So another way to think about that is, let's say you have a level field,
1: and
2: mm-hmm. say I want to dig a hole. Okay. So I'm gonna dig a hole, and stack the dirt over on the left. Right. So I keep doing this. I can make a mountain as high as I want. Right. But you're gonna have a hole. I'm gonna have a hole. <laughs> right, exactly. I, I'm gonna have a hole. I got a hole. Right. I got a hole. There you go. So, um, so the, the, what we're not sure about is whether you create another universe within this universe that has expanded out of that void. Our best understanding of this multiverse hypothesis is that the universe that's created is not causally, what we say, causally connected to what's outside of it. So you could, in principle, have multiple universes popping up into existence. Right. But in the expansion and the edge of what that universe is, you have no way to interact with it. So, So there you have it. Wow. We're stuck in this one. We're stuck
1: in this one, yeah. and that's all there is to it. Yeah, that's pretty wild. Yeah, man, that's a well. That's, listen, he he got his Yo, money's worth on he that got one. Got his money's worth. Bro. That's right. Yo, Ari, uh, that's a great question. Mm-hmm. Uh, took us took took wow that's, took us to the edge took of the us universe, to the edge of the universe, and back. Not only in space, yeah, but so in, in time. time. Mm-hmm. Could you go to the edge of the universe without space and time? Actually,
2: once Einstein put forth relativity, right. Where the fourth dimension is time, exactly. and people say, "Well, that's weird. Why is that?" No, no one has ever been at a place unless it was at a time. No one has ever acknowledged a time unless they were at a place. Think about it. If I say to you, Chuck, "I'll meet you tomorrow at ten o'clock," what's your next question to me? What are we doing? No, that's not. (laughs) Okay, what's your question after that? (laughs) Of course, where? Where? Where. I give you a time, you ask where. Okay, I say, Chuck, I'll meet you tomorrow at the corner of 33rd and 3rd. When? When. We know intuitively that our path through life involves the juxtaposition of space and time. We know that intuitively. Wow. We just don't think of it in those terms. Right. Because they're measured by such different tools. Exactly. A, a watch and, and a map. Right. Right? So, but in fact, they're conjoined. And Einstein formalized yeah. that statement in his
1: um, theories of relativity. Amazing. That is great stuff. You got it. All right. Let's move on to a- another question. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, how about Woody? Uh, it's Clearly, this is a Pixar, Disney Pixar uh, character okay. who's just writing in. <laughs> and Woody would like to know. Woody. <laughs> Do lasers and solar panels work together? We could design and build the components for specific purposes of wireless energy transfer at great distances, which frequency on the light spectrum would be best suited for this task. Then how would you resolve the problem of a 5-watt laser being a dribble like Chuck at 3 a.m. after too few many 500 kilowatt laser what <laughs> what the hell is this guy talking about <laughs> okay i
2: think i got i think i got his point so what he wants to do is i have energy, energy here and okay. i want to put it over there right All right? so by the way that when you think about it is kind of like what war is okay what is a battle a battle i have is... energy here and i want to put it over there right that is kind of what the waging of war is all about. Mm-hmm. Right? I have a bow and arrow. I put energy in the arrow here, and then the arrow goes over there. There's a bullet. It has energy. There's a bomb. There's a delivery mechanism. All oh, thanks for the sound effects there, Chad. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> so, so I think they're, what he wants to... Is it he? Yeah. Uh, yeah Woody, yeah, I assume. Yeah. What he wants to know is... If I have laser energy over here, right. and laser goes fast and it's very directed, can I just have a catcher's mitt somewhere where I want to deliver it, right, and then use it there, and then
1: use it, and then use it as in energy?
2: Prin- in principle, nothing stopping that, right? Okay, except the curvature of Earth's surface, if you believe in a round Earth, right. So you can't beam, you can't bend. Beam, beam light and bend it, right? Okay. Uh, not on Unless Earth. you have a gravitational force we, that will bend it for you. Yes, that would work. So, on a black hole, you try to send a beam of light, and it'll just curve and right. go around the uh, the black hole itself. So, But on Earth and sort of normal gravity that we live in, no. Nah. So, it has to be a line of sight delivery. Right. If it's enough energy to be useful— It's going to be pretty dangerous to cross that beam.
1: (laughs) Uh, I'm just saying. I shouldn't be laughing. I know. It's really serious. It's really a serious issue. But at the same time. If it's enough
2: energy to do good stuff with it. (laughs) Right.
1: It's enough energy that'll do some real harm. it would cut you in half just walking down the street. See, what's funny about that is if you're smart enough to make that happen, but you didn't even think it through. Completely. And yeah. so you actually do it. And like on the test run, you got the catcher's mitt there. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, oh, my God, look at this. We've actually figured out a way to transfer energy over great distances. And oh, damn, we just killed somebody. <laughs> or or a, a, a more
2: a, a more tragic version of that story was, let's celebrate and dance. And then they accidentally dance into the beam. (laughs) In front of the beam. (laughs) It kills the inventor of the... See,
1: your version has poetic justice. Right, 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 that one.
2: (laughs) So, um, yeah, so so that's an issue. So So insulated wires... I mean, we kind of already do yeah, that we with do electricity. That with fiber optics. Electricity. Well, no, that's information we send by fiber right, optics, right. not a,
1: not energy not, itself.
2: So you're right. Yes, okay. it's a small I'm, amount of energy, but yeah, it's not but enough. It's not, to,
1: it's not enough to power anything. To power anything,
2: right. correct? I gotcha, I gotcha. And what we learned here's just an interesting. You didn't ask this, but let me put this in the in okay. the mix. Okay. Do you remember everyone's expectation of the future as imagined in the 1950s and 60s? Flying cars, right. motorized uh, walkways. Right. People were thinking that energy would be very accessible, basically. For, it takes energy to fly cars. Right. To, but that's not what became accessible. Information right. became accessible. It's, well, yeah. So we're living in an information in age, age, and it costs you nothing energetically to send information. True. And as a as a as a communicative species, information is high. It's a highly valued commodity. Mm-hmm. So we send information around the world. At, at, you know, with no with no effort. I was yes, it's big effort, but no, um, the investment of energy that that requires is extremely low. True. So, uh, so back then, no one imagined a world where. Uh, so the movie Two Thousand and One: A Space Odyssey. Yeah. The computer was this big thing in the center of the of the spaceship, and it was controlling everything. No one is imagining that you're going to c- carry a computer on your hip. Right. Plus entertainment on your This was not—because it's information. Yeah. And it distributed information is what that is. All right. So, um, we do send energy, but we send it in wires, and they're insulated so that you don't touch the wire and get electrocuted. That's the electric electricity version of a laser. Right. All right. Right. Yeah, here's the wire sending energy. Here, go grab it with two hands. No, you're not going to do
1: that. No, no, go stand in some water. Hold this. (laughs) Hold this and stand in a puddle. Okay. (laughs) I just took out some insurance on you. (laughs) (laughs) Got time for a few more questions in this segment. Okay. Okay. All right. Let's, um, uh, this is Zachary Sprodlin. Pretty sure I said that right, Zachary. Uh, Zachary Sprodlin wants to know this. Given your vast knowledge of physics... What are your thoughts on a holographic universe? Okay, I've never heard anybody ask this question. This is okay. Yeah. Do you believe the universe to be holographic in nature? If so, do you think we should be researching more about the perceived difference between the particles and waves or are we already doing as much as our tools will allow? What are your thoughts on nature of waves versus particles and this perceived separation? There
2: is. Okay, that's a whole other thing, but yeah, let, me, let me start with the holographic universe. Okay, cool. I don't claim to be like a total expert in the holographic universe, mm-hmm. but I'll share with you what I know and my understanding of it. There are calculations you can do that shows that in a black hole and the event horizon, that's the point of no return,
1: okay.
2: that if you fall through that event horizon, all the information contained within you Gets remembered at that event horizon. Okay. 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 So that's a little bit spooky, because you can ask the question: Are we something real, or are we just some imprint? Imprint. just an imprint of some other of thing, thing that's that that real. Was real. Right.
1: That's correct.
2: That's it. That's a that that's. It's important. almost like the Plato shadows. Right argument or, or conversation that you have are is there some higher reality of which we are just shadows mm-hmm. representing it and so it's it's a it's a spooky idea that has sort of theoretical tap roots mm-hmm. but I, I wouldn't know how to test that maybe the folks who came up with this have thought that through but i i'm not there right. with them on that i don't i don't know how you would test this but usually if the if the theoretical underpinnings are working and they're based on other theories that are well tested like relativity and black holes and all this you want to take it seriously they didn't just pull it out of the ether okay? right right they okay. were uh, so so that's an intriguing fact now waves and particles the duality yeah matter is waves and particles right okay wait do you know why an electron microscope works um because it costs a lot of money. I don't know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just okay. know they're really? really expensive. Why is the word electron in the same phrase as microscope? Microscopes use waves, light waves. Right. Okay. Well, you can't... Can I blow your mind? Go ahead. Uh, I, Better I, than... are, you, are you Are you seated? <laughs> I'm seated. Okay. Here you go. Doesn't make sense that with whatever microscope you're using, you cannot see detail... Smaller than the wavelength of light right. you're using to illuminate the object. That makes sense. Does that make sense?
1: Absolutely, because you're. It's that's we, your blunt. That's it, what that's what you're that looking. You, at. That's what you're thinking. Okay. Right. As a matter of fact, you couldn't see it. Like no matter what you're looking at, if there is no light, then you don't see anything in, see the, in, a, the, in, the, in the microscope. Anything. That's okay. it. You see nothing. So, so you need some light. So now you turn on the light. All right.
2: Now, if I'm using red light, red has a wavelength, a uh, certain wavelength. Right. Okay. But if I use wavelength uh, light that has shorter wavelengths, so orange or yellow or green or blue, okay. of the visible spectrum, blue or violet has the shortest of the wavelengths. Okay. So if I have a violet light microscope, I will see detail mm-hmm.
1: better than I would in a red light microscope. Right. Okay. You'd also see all the like really nasty cruddy stuff because it's a black light and it's just like, ooh, I don't know what was on oh. this slide. <laughs> that's if you go. These that's if you go, right, that's right. if you go ultraviolet. ultra-violet. Right. That's if you go ultraviolet. Not
2: just violet. Not just violet. Ultraviolet. Yeah. Get your ultra going. Right. There. So, so here's the thing. <laughs> um, it also means you can pack more information into a certain right. sort of uh, uh, um, size. It's why Blu-ray players. Have higher resolution than regular CDs, right? Because regular CDs used like didn't yeah. use blue lasers. And who knew
1: streaming was going to take them both out? Regular <laughs> CDs. <and laughs> oh, sorry. let me Explain. <laughs> CDs are what we used to, yeah, you know, exactly DVDs for you. for you kids out <laughs> there. It used to be something
2: called a CD. You end up right, right. But go ahead. <laughs> okay. So the point is, an electron has a wave associated with it that is on the re- in the realm of deep deep uv into x-rays oh. so if you if you illuminate a source with electrons right. you basically have x-ray wavelength light telescope that's very cool that's what you have and, and, and you can see that's it, why if you see pictures taken right. for a, 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 an electron microscope you're seeing so, the, the fibers uh, on
1: the on the microbes right. exactly it's like man amazing yes because you're using the wave... The wave part- of the particle. Of the particle. The wave of the particle. Damn! 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 Yo, that's bam, hot.
2: Bam. That's hot. And so my point is... There is no meaning for you to ask, is it a wave or a particle? Right. It is both. It is both. And just because your brain can't wrap your head around it doesn't mean it's not true. Wow. We don't have... When I say your brain, I mean... Our vocabulary, anything, anything, right. our awareness of a reality requires that we choose, it: is it this or is it a that? Is it a right. book? Is it a chair? Is it a, are you a, a this or you're that? Right. Okay? Right. This is, we, we're we forcing this in ourselves mm-hmm. um, because we like compartmentalizing. This is part of the gender thing. Are you a boy or are you a girl? Right. Which is it? Okay? Well, and, I haven't decided. You haven't decided. Um, so, this forcing... Is seems to be a deeply human thing. Right. But and when it's, it's time to nec- understand th- the universe, you not nature. Not not doesn't necessarily have to be nature. It's not cosmic nature. Oh, yeah. Okay. You got it. We gotta take a break. All right. Okay. We are in Neil deGrasse Tyson's office hour on Star Talk. We'll be back in a moment.
1: pxg.com slash star talk code star talk
3: this is star talk
2: we're back on star talk all Saturday, which is a way of saying cosmic queries but you can pull that query from wherever you want in the universe we got Chuck here to mangle your name. Yes, as he, absolutely. Chuck, okay. You got That's, a little better, Chuck. Uh, you know, little, wh- little better.
1: I I want, I I want to. I'm an educator. I want to give. I think it's part of the charm of the show, <laughs> the fact that I can't read, or all right, or, or, mental, or that I can't figure out anybody's name. All right. So, uh, let's move on to uh, Kyle Ryan Toth. How easy was that? Kyle, Kyle? Ryan, talked hey, three syllables. Three syllables. You got all, all hey, done. Kyle, man, thanks, bro. Oh, no, the Ryan is two syllables. Sorry. Yeah, Ryan is two, yeah. yeah mm-hmm. Not when I say it, though. It's Ryan. Um, Ryan, 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 come Ryan. on down, it's time exactly. for dinner. Hey, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, Ryan, how you doing, man? Everything's what I said. How you doing, man? <laughs> all right. Um, uh, Kyle says- Who was
2: it? It was um, uh, Jeff Foxworthy, um, who said, in Texas, there's certain words that are like, Single syllable words with multiple
1: syllables, yes. Like, I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> right, and it's one where it's one syllable, but yeah, that's like uh, I have a friend, he was like, Uh, if you're Italian, um, uh, Jeep is uh, sounds like one syllable, but it's a whole sentence, you know, say Jeep, like, yeah, not yet, you know, but I don't know, what that eat. Oh, d- oh, 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 Jeep, 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 Jeep. Why is that? If you're Italian, uh, I don't know. That's what he told me.
2: So. Oh, you mean Italian descendants speaking like within a Brooklyn accent? Yeah. Yeah. Ag. Ag. Oh yeah. Okay. Right. That's right. I think. I think pure Italian. I oh, no, no. I'm not no, getting no. that. Yeah. Right. Yeah, no. Sorry. No.
1: This would be right. Uh, right. The mm-hmm. diaspora Italian. I got one. Go ahead. No, I'm saying. No, Yeah. And wait. Okay. That
2: is. Do Yamin. you know what I am saying? Right. Do you know what I am saying? No. Yeah. I'm, sa- no, I'm no, saying. No. I'm saying. No. I'm saying. No. I'm saying. And Yamin. mean. Y'all know what I mean? Yep. Yep, yep, yeah. yep. There you go. Y'all There you go, y'all mean. Uh, all right, no, here we go. You know what I'm saying? So, uh... <laughs> I'm going to the rest of this show. I'm going to say, i to give the answer, No, I'm saying? <laughs> 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 all right. All right, here we go. No, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> here we go. How do you even spell it? nom apostrophe sain No, I'm saying? No, what I'm, no, I'm saying? No, I'm saying? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. All right, uh <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. how do you spell mm mm-hmm? mm-, mm-hmm. it, it's unspellable no you it's mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> <laughs> okay. and if you're a black woman, it's
0: mm-hmm.
2: oh the hands gotta get all in there mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: that's the same thing you just went a higher octave, well, no. Well.
1: the pitch actually connotes the feeling behind it, mm-, mm-hmm. so there's the affirmation, mm mm-hmm, it's like, baby, you look good, mm mm-hmm. okay, and then it's just like uh um. So uh, I, I I didn't go to work today. I'm sorry mm-hmm. okay See? yeah so so the pitch the carries pitch meaning
2: carries meaning even though you're saying exactly the it's same exact thing. the same
1: thing but it's it all in a pitch. You know what I mean? Okay, um, that's good. I, le- I learned something today. And then there's
3: mm-hmm.
2: no, that's good. That's, a, that's a that's a that's a you are lying through your. That's it. That's you're <laughs> absolutely right.
1: <It's, laughs> you are lying, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, better known as Negro, please. Mm-hmm. So no. there you go. Um, here we go. This is. A, I got a
2: word where the pronunciation changes just by capitalizing the first letter. Wait a minute. Go ahead. You'll get that later. Okay, go.
1: Oh, no. what a tease. <laughs> All right.
2: Oh, well, uh-huh. Okay, here we go. You want the word? I'll tell you the word.
1: No, no, no. Let's okay. make,
2: make it a tease. We'll, uh, we'll do it at, after the after, after, after the, the break. The
1: after, break. After, okay. ooh, after the next break. Ooh, after the next break. Well, that's a real tease. No, keep you coming ooh, back. That, you got to stay here now. <laughs> <laughs> you are forced. You are forced to be here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, here we go. Imagine a planet orbiting close to a black hole mm-hmm. and experiencing extreme time dilation. How would... Outgoing signals of electromagnetic communication be affected? Will we still receive such signals? Would they be distorted and/or appear very slow paced?
2: Yeah, no, yeah, it still goes at the speed of light. Right. If the planet is outside the event horizon, it's not trapped, and it's in orbit. Yes, it is in a deep gravitational well. Right. There is very serious time dilation relative to anyone looking at them. Right. They will send out a signal, and the energy of their light as it comes out will uh, it, it will continuously lose energy so that by the time that, not speed, speed. it will still come out at the speed Just of light energy. but if it starts out at a high energy band of light mm-hmm. by the time it gets out it will be a very low energy band of light interesting yeah so you're going to get very low uh, low energy
1: see so and that's counterintuitive to what you would think because you would think that it would lose speed but you can't, light can't yeah, not lose light, speed. Not light. That's light great. cannot
2: lose speed. And by the way, a way to think about this is if I send a, a beam of light as a certain amount of energy and I do that in one second, let's right, say. Right. Okay. But now I'm looking at you and what you're calling one second now takes an hour for me.
1: Okay.
2: Then that amount of energy that if it's packed into one second delivery time has a certain intensity to it. Right. But for now, it's taking you an hour to send out that energy. As far as my watch is concerned right. so the energy gets diluted right. over that ascent from the black hole interesting so yeah it's, it's called a gravitational redshift
1: right oh That's
2: cool We has, has a term yeah. you can there's a, probably a wiki page on it because i got good people yeah my, my astrophysics my community i think we got some of the best wiki pages accurate wiki pages out there
1: and and, and by the way um it is it's a hard page no <laughs> Uh, Compared with other sciences, I think we do a good job. No, no, you guys do a good job. Gravitational redshift. What shift. you don't try to do on that wiki page is make it easy <laughs> for regular people like me to understand. Look <laughs> at gravitational redshift yeah, is there. Gravitational okay. redshift. All right. That's a great hey, first of all, that was mm-hmm. a great question, Kyle. Yeah. So thank you so much. All right. Um, what else bring it on? Let's go with Annie C. Hickman. And Annie wants to know this. Uh, she says, I am a teacher. And a manual give it up for the teacher yeah give it up boom blow it up for the teachers uh, and a manual because god are they making such a sacrifice to yeah. just waste your life on these kids um <laughs> <laughs> Damn Chuck <laughs> <laughs> You know I'm joking I, I, My mother was a teacher I have nothing but the utmost uh-huh. respect for teachers um, She says I am a teacher and a manual wheelchair user From time to time My students and I wonder If a wheelchair could be powered in space With fireworks Or perhaps they are ready to get rid of me <laughs> to send send her up there they would have sent her to space and, and put fireworks on <laughs> a wheelchair um, since fireworks are rockets, she's thinking about propulsion here she is thinking about propulsion also would having mobility issues on earth be erased in space since there is no gravity if you float around the space station for example aren't you l- using your legs uh for the need to balance and uh, you know that's a great question because people would think that in zero gravity, that your movements might do something in terms of uh, affecting the way you drift about in zero gravity. So, what what is the answer there? So,
2: first, great question, and so I presume it means she has power. She has arm power, arm power to, power propel, to her propel her wheels. Propel right. So that's a key element of this. So, first of all, in space, you don't need the wheelchair. You you have a wheelchair so that you don't you're not on the ground. Right. So it, in, when I say in space, I'm referring to zero G in space. Right. Just take that as a given here. So if you're in space, um, generally people are not maneuvering themselves with their legs. Right. They're, the spaceships are designed, space station is designed to have grips. All, oh, you're
1: right. Okay. And I've so, never seen them use their legs. They're no, always grabbing they're, they're, little arms and, and then they pull themselves and, then, and they swim through like the air. Swimming.
2: Yeah, exactly. And so you don't want to go too fast because you have to stop somewhere at the other time, and you got to like be ready to stop. Right. So if you have full use of your arms and your arm muscles, uh, you do you'll be doing whatever everybody else is doing on the on the space station. Oh man, that's so cool. So now the difference is you won't be able to do some of the sort of acrobatics that they do to show you. So so for example, one of them is they'll. They'll start rotating and then they'll bring their knees up to their chest. You might be able to pull your own legs up right, if you don't have use of your legs. you just reach down and grab them. Right. But otherwise they're pulling their knees up and then they see that they spin faster. Right. And that's just have they're just having spinning fun. Right. Um, like when an ice skater brings their arms in, they spin faster. Right. If you bring your your extremities in and you had a slight rotation before you have a faster rotation right. And in case you are not you don't feel nausea enough <laughs> <laughs> for being in zero g. Now you can just you spin, can, right. and then exactly. you throw up and right on the spot. paint the walls. Paint the walls. <laughs> yeah, go ahead and paint the walls. <laughs> yeah, if you're spinning while you throw up, then there's this right. spiraling... Oh, that's a beautiful thing. picture. It's a beautiful picture. <laughs> so, I don't think NASA uh, So now, okay, shows up. so now that's yeah, so, to so her she's wheelchair fine and
1: the rockets. Now, so here's the thing, because I'm thinking in my head... It's not about the chair. No, it's no, about, no. I'm, I'm, she, so, I'm talking about what, what she was saying. If you put rockets on a wheelchair, but on the wheels themselves... Would you propel yourself through space in that chair, even though you don't need it, or would the rocket just spin the wheel in place?
2: So, <clears throat> what will happen is you're because the wheel is on an axle, mm-hmm. and so now you're putting something called torque right onto it. Torque is a force that causes something to rotate. Okay, I've always loved the word torque. torque. It, it sounds it, it, powerful. It's, it's a badass it, it, word.
1: It is. Yeah. You know?
2: yeah. yeah. Give me it's, some, it, some it, torque. Exactly. Plus, it like, you know, the car folks all like. Well, oh, they love that. They love that. Yeah. Six hundred pounds of torque. Foot know. pounds. Foot pounds. Yeah. You it, you needs a it needs a distance and a torque. Right, because it's a distance from the point of rotation. How many feet away and how many pounds force to push it? So, um, what you'll do primarily is rotate the wheels. the wheels. But there's something called conservation of angular momentum. <laughs> so, if you're in space and you wanted to keep your wheelchair, if you sent wheels rotating one direction, something has to compensate and rotate backwards. Okay? So you'll push the wheels that way and you'll just, you'll roti- just, a, you'll, you'll just rotate so in opposite direction. So will
1: be going in opposite direction correct. spinning around.
2: Correct. So what right. you want is, if there's a force operating on you, you want that—this is inside baseball here— you want that line of force, if you extended it, to go through your center of mass. Right. Right. And that way, your entire system moves. It's just
1: moving all at once. <clears throat> all at once.
2: Everything's moving. If at you're once. off the center of mass, right. you're going to start rotating. You're going to rotate. Yeah, you have wow. some movement forward, but a lot of that's going to go into your rotation. And you don't want you want to be stable right. out there.
1: So there you go, Annie. You, what you want to do is lose the wheelchair. Lose the wheelchair. Now, you all don't need it. Together, you don't need it. You don't need it. Yeah. 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 yeah very cool. There and she
2: likes fireworks rather than just those jetpacks. So you can take like Roman candles or whatever, light it. And since that has a, a, uh, a roaming camera, is, is a intermittent, right? Right. So you can just adjust it. Hold it where you to, want. Where, where you want. And, and let it pull
1: you. And let it pull you, yeah. Very cool. Very cool. God, I want to go to space now. God, yeah. okay. And throw up all over everyone. <laughs> <laughs> all right, do we have time for another one? Yeah, yeah, a couple more. Okay, Let's a couple do more? it. Okay, here we go. This is ugh, Jay DeGator. Jay DeGator wants to know this. What the- we'll go with that, truck? Yeah. Wait, okay. But- hey, man. <laughs> hey, Jay, I'm sorry.
2: <laughs> we'll go with that. Yeah. So, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's, yeah.
1: <laughs> it's the gator. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, yeah. I know what you mean. No, what I'm saying? All right. Here we go. All right. <laughs> uh, what does the merging of black holes mean for the future of the universe? Could the universe eventually, if it does start a sort of contraction phase, be the victim of a collective, hypermassive black hole? Could we be left with a singularity or a black hole containing all the information in the universe waiting for the next Big Bang to trigger? Or does the universe have more not-so-distant problems to worry about? <laughs> <laughs> you prioritize You're your issues. Right. so prioritize, So...
2: Uh, black holes are not as voracious as lore leads us to believe right There's a black hole in the center of our galaxy, okay and it's this what we call a supermassive black hole. I forgot the <clears throat> I forgot the exact mass hundreds of thousands of times the mass of the sun. Wow so I'd last at six hundred thousand but it might be a million I forgot the the number but it's large, yeah. okay. And the formation mechanism is still a little bit of a frontier in my field. Mm-hmm. You can merge two black holes if two galaxies collide.
1: Right. And we've seen that happen. We, it's happening all the
2: time. Right. Every day, all the time. And so as they collide, the black holes will ultimately find each other. Okay. And then they will merge. And then you have a black hole twice as big. Right. But the black hole's not reaching out if you would not otherwise... Falling into a black hole right. you're not going to now start falling into the black hole we are safe it's not a drain we, it's it's not a toilet bowl drain right, right. so we're not we're not going to one day we're land we're
1: not cosmic poop
2: right right we're Well, gonna, some of us are. <laughs> land in that so so no in fact in the very distant universe black holes ultimately will evaporate according to hawking radiation it's a, and it's a really Interesting phenomenon. So
1: now, it, okay. So- can I tell you what the
2: phenomenon is? Go, please. Okay. Yeah. So a black hole has very strong gravity. Okay. Well, how much gravity does it have? Well, you can think of the gravity having a density of energy. We call it the energy density of gravity. Okay. okay. In its vicinity, every now and then, spontaneously, that energy becomes particles, according to e equals mc squared.
1: Okay. we
2: will do that just spontaneously, and you make a particle pair a matter and antimatter particle pair, and they go in opposite directions. Oh. Okay? Okay. Okay. By the way, they have to go in opposite directions so that the momentum cancels because it started out as just a pocket of energy sitting there doing nothing. Right. You can't have two, a particle just go in one direction and nothing canceling out that motion in the other. Oh, like this, a bazooka. Yes! The recoil the in the recoil other Otherwise, the person right. becomes <laughs> <laughs> that's the recoil. That's pretty funny. <laughs> that would be fun. <laughs> <laughs> Note to the next design. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That is awesome. Let me redesign that. Why do you guys have twenty five bazooka shooters? Yeah,
2: because
1: oh, <laughs> we got twenty five shots.
2: <laughs> yeah, so there's a there's a recoil of that to right. send it forward. Gotcha. So the same with the spaceships, the rockets that take off. Do you, you right. recoil at the back? All the the exhaust. So, what point was I making? Before? You were talking about. So the particle as it evaporates. Oh yeah. You- so, so what happens is, so it, uh, the energy density spontaneously makes a particle pair. One particle falls into the black hole and the other escapes. Right. And, that takes mass away from the black hole. And
1: that—that that is the analyzed, evaporation of the black yes. hole. Yes. So it's now, it's are very you slow, start, so this, but it's real. But this spontaneous particle, um, it, you know, basically. It's called Hawking radiation. It's Hawking radiation. That's what it's called. So it's the dissemination of the particles that are opposites, and one going away, one going in. Yes. And then all of a sudden, if it keeps continuing, then the a, black
2: hole's gone. It evaporates it, to nothing. To nothing. Correct. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. We, <laughs> so we got to take a break. Uh, when we come back, you will learn what words pronunciation changes just by capitalizing the first letter. Yes. Oh, yeah. In Neil deGrasse Tyson's Office Hours. On
1: Do you want to set up your child for success? or the personality. There's one site for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. Kids can use it at home on the computer or on the go through the app on your phone or your tablet. No more grading those worksheets. iXL grades everything itself, and no more trying to figure out how to explain math equations or grammar rules yourself. iXL has built-in explanation videos. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with iXL. iXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now, and Star Talk Radio listeners can get an exclusive twenty percent off IXL membership when they sign up today at ixl.com/starttalk. Visit ixl.com/starttalk to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price.
2: Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because.
1: I like a charcoal mask. Great,
2: because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? <coughs> Hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we
1: don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera.
3: Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. If a friend asks how you're doing, and you say... I'm okay. When the truth is... I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say... Hang it in there. Because... If I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free, confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. Bringing space and science down to Earth... You're listening to Star Talk.
2: We're back on Star Talk Cosmic Queries edition Neil deGrasse Tyson's Office Hours, where we take questions on anything that doesn't have to be in a category. <laughs> and they're coming, at, they're coming from everywhere. Everywhere. Chuck is helping me out here. Chuck, keep it going.
1: All right, let's jump right oh, well, I have to No, first, you got to give the answer to the T's. Okay, I like words a lot. Okay. So uh, what is this word that you can oh, sorry. capitalize the yeah. first letter yeah. and change the meaning of the word? Completely, yeah. Completely. So the word is... I feel like I'm on NPR. <laughs> the word is Polish. Polish. And then you capitalize it, and it's Polish. Yeah. So one is what you do to shine something, and the other is, is your nationality, is nationality from Poland. From, right. From, right. The, very nice. Okay. That's a, it's, that's a, it's weird. It is weird.
2: It has nothing to do with this show. No. But I I don't know why I I. So don't start a
1: sentence with Polish. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because it has to be capitalized. Because it has to be capitalized. <laughs> Polish and, your shoes. Right. Polish, Polish my shoes. <laughs> my shoes. You racist son of a. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Um. Uh, let's go to um. Fyodor Popov. F- Fyodor. Fyodor. This is F Y. Yes. Yes. Yeah, Fyodor. It's Fyodor. Yeah. Okay. And it's, last name. Uh, Popov. Popov. Okay.
2: Okay. Fyodor
1: Popov. Fyodor Popov. Hey Fyodor. Hey Fyodor. Here we go. Theodore says this. If you had to guess where lies the great filter. Now, first of all, what is the great filter?
2: I I, I have no idea yet what he's asking in this question.
1: So please proceed. All right. Okay. Let's there you go. There you go. Let's move. On. No, no, um, let me hear the whole question. That's it. What? If you had to guess where lies the great filter. I don't know what the great filter is. I mean, unless it's, you know, um the great Britta. If it's bro, <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> Where lies the great filter the in great my refrigerator? Filter, <laughs> the filter in my water. The great
2: filter, Chuck. I have no understanding of that question, so we got to go to Wikipedia. All maybe, right.
1: maybe from that again, I'll be able to say something. Okay, something. Okay? okay. All right. All right. So in, in in that case, what I'll do right here is go to Wiki. Wiki. So you can help me out here mm-hmm. from Wiki, and, okay. and I'll read it to you go. what they say it is. Mm-hmm. The great filter. In the context of the Fermi paradox, is whatever prevents dead matter from undergoing abiogenesis, uh, genesis, abiogenesis in time to expanding, lasting life as measured by the uh, Kardashev scale?
2: Okay, all right. I can say something about this. All right, I just didn't know it was called the, the Great filter. filter. All right. Okay. All so, right. Uh, in now, all I got from
1: that was. Fermi paradox. Okay. I don't know what that is. <laughs> yeah, so the Fermi paradox uh,
2: was a question posed by uh, the great physicist Enrico Fermi, right? Who, in a t- born in Italy, came to the United States, nice. basically cold war, not cold war, mm-hmm. Manhattan Project. So Enrico Fermi posed the question because mm-hmm. you can run the math. You can say, all right, how long has Earth been here? How long did it take life to form? Mm-hmm. How long did it take what we call intelligence to form? Now that we're intelligent, how long does it take to travel? To another planet. Let's say we have a spaceship. Mm-hmm. All right. Is it a generational ship? Fine. So it takes 10 generations to get there. Then you become pilgrims. Set up 10. Now from there you go to two other planets. Okay. From each of those two planets, they go to two to four more. From one to two to four to eight. So it grows exponentially. You can populate the entire galaxy with intelligence. In a shorter time than evolutionary timescales.
1: Hmm.
2: Okay, you can do it in like a million years okay. or so. Right. Okay? Yes. And that's that's right. on an evolutionary uh, The dinosaurs went extinct 65 million years yeah, ago. Exactly. So that's a very short so, time. So very on a, short. On a, on a and it's small scale. compared with the lifetime of a planet. Exactly. So and especially the future of the universe. Right. So if that's the case why hasn't it happened yet and where are the visitors trying to trying to populate this planet uh that we're on so it's the fermi paradox where are they maybe they were okay. already here maybe we are there. and maybe we are them okay. you know so there's some religions that are based on that that god really? is actually the aliens yeah uh, okay yeah. just that's right on. okay all right hey, listen. so i don't judge <laughs> just by the fact that you said that <laughs> me <and> you judge <laughs> I don't judge how crazy people are that's, that's what you said if that was implicit in your <laughs> oh man so
1: okay I... wait wait
2: so so you so this dead matter what, they don't mean dead matter because that implies it was once alive they mean inanimate matter okay. inanimate matter evolving to become self-replicating life okay. so the question is maybe that takes so long that it puts a damper on this whole— On the other processes. On all the the other processes. Right. However, that happened really fast on Earth. Okay. We went from inanimate molecules to self-replicating life within a couple of hundred million years. Wow. And once you have life, life was there for billions of years. So that's not really that long. No, it isn't. Right, right. So the filter, I don't see that as the big filter. You know what I think the filter is? What? Whatever urge you have to colonize planets- Okay. And then all your descendants have that same urge. Right. There's gonna be a point where there's a planet I wanna colonize. Oh, but you wanna colonize that same planet. So then what do we do?
1: Well, you're, gonna have, uh, you're gonna have a blood feud you're with your own family.
2: You're gonna blood feud with your own family. Right. Correct. And so it could be that the urge to want to expand
1: is self-limiting because you will fight wars. You cancel yourself you out. You cancel yourself the out. The very urge that causes you to strike out and discover is the same urge that destroys you in the end.
2: Correct. Wow. Right. And there's, there are whole categories of these kinds of problems in life. For example, I don't know if it still happens, if you lose a quarter in the, between the base and the back of the seat in your car right? and you reach for it, right? the act of reaching for it separates the two cushions more and then it falls further in.
1: See, I'm cheap. That whole seat's coming out. <laughs> okay. I'm going to be honest.
2: Get in that corner. I have actually pulled a seat out <laughs> to get the money that's falling. <laughs> we got one minute left. Let's do lightning round. Go.
1: All right, here we go. You know what? This is an education question, so let's do it. it. Uh, This is uh, Stephen Donham. He says, hey, Neil, love your show. Listen all the time. My question is about Common Core math being taught in school. It seems like a waste of time, and kids have to go through all of these extra steps to get the right answer. When there were simpler ways to get the right answer, when it comes to life and death and space, wouldn't it not be better to get the right answer the fastest possible way? Oh, good question. Very good question. I am not doing a lightning round on that question.
2: Okay. It's too important. It is very I'm important. I'm going to end answer. with my answer to that question. Okay, so okay? Let's, this is the end of the show, and that's why I am doing deep dive on if, educational philosophies. Well, that's why I picked the in, question. In my recent months and well, years. Well, you're an
1: education. Uh, you're an educator. I'm a
2: deep so. dive, and I'm looking at what people have said, what have worked, what hasn't, best practice, and I have come to conclude with regard to that question. Okay. That what matters more... Then the right answer mm-hmm. is the right question. Interesting. And taking a cue from Isaac Asimov uh-huh. in an essay he once wrote called The Relativity of Wrong. The Relativity of Wrong. Yes. Okay, you know- so here you go. You're in elementary school. Uh huh. And I have a spelling bee. Uh-huh. And I ask you to spell cat. And you spell it K A T. It's marked wrong. Right, You don't get any credit for that because the correct answer is C-A-T. Right. But suppose instead you had spelled it X-Q-W. It's still marked wrong.
1: And that's so much farther away than it's K-A-T. It's so
2: much farther away right. than K-A-T. In fact, that's- you could argue that K-A-T is a better spelling than C-A-T. You know why? Because if you look up cat in the dictionary, C-A-T... The phonetic spelling is K-A-T. Yeah, correct. Okay? <laughs> okay? That's so, awesome. So, but you got it marked wrong. Right. So this urge to get the right answer. Mm-hmm. Yes, I don't want to diminish the importance of right answers. That has value, but it has less value than you think it does. Mm-hmm. Because in exploration, you have no answers. You're on the precipice the boundary between what is known and what is unknown, and you're taking a step into that unknown. And you don't know what's there. You don't even know what question to ask. I know what's there. I but but you're, pro- <laughs> you're probing. You're poking. You're trying to figure out what question to ask. And so, and most questions don't even have, have an answer. unambiguous answers. Right, exactly. Uh, can I give you an example? Go ahead. Okay. What's the diameter of the sun? Ask me that. What is the diameter of the sun? You look it up, it'll say 864,000 miles. Okay. Okay, fine. But in what wavelength of light did you make that measurement? Okay. Other wavelengths of light emerge from deeper in the star. Right. Okay? okay. That's it. And if you're using x-rays, it's bigger. The corona emits we, x-rays. We found that out earlier in the show because of the different wavelengths. It's a different wavelength. So you have to specify. How high up does the atmosphere go? Earth's atmosphere because well, 62 miles, 100 kilometers. That's we've just agreed because that's a round number in kilometers. There's still air molecules above 62 miles. That's why we have to boost the Hubble telescope every now and then because the air molecules are, are, are knocking it out of orbit. Okay? So there is no demarcation line. It fades until it blends with the inter, with the interplanetary medium. So we like tidy answers. But most of science is not even about the answer. It's about the general understanding of what's going on, Mm. and then you take it from there. So no, common core math is a good thing. It's got you thinking in ways that it will enable you to tackle a problem in the future that you have never seen before. And if you're in space, it's not about knowing the right answer to a pre-designated question. It's about figuring out an answer to a question no one has asked before. Right, right. And so you need the tools and the methods and the power of inquiry to accomplish
1: that. Wow. There you go. Drop a mic. That was that's a very good answer. I'm saying. I like it. I'm writing this up. It makes sense. It's going in the next thing. All right. Chuck. That was this was good, man. Always good to have you. Yeah. Dude. Yeah.
2: You know yeah. what I'm saying? You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> 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 this has been Star Talk. We're recording this in the my office at the, the cosmic Hay- crib uh, at the cosmic crib uh, uh, at the Hayden Planetarium in New York City part of the American Museum of Natural History and as always i bid you
3: to keep looking up Ooh.